Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. Um, it's episode 345. We've got a great guest with us. We've got Belinda Weave. And Belinda is an Australian copywriter currently living in California. Belinda left her corporate world to become a freelance copywriter in 2010. Uh, and after many years as an in-demand copywriter, switching, she, um, she switched to teaching others what she knows. So um, that's a little intro. We're going to be discussing all things copywriting around membership sites and copywriting in general. Belinda, uh, thanks for joining the show. Would you like to um, introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Um, yep, my name is Belinda Weaver. I'm an Australian copywriter. I'm living in California. So I'm slowly becoming a, a little Americanized, changing the way I'm talking, slowly but surely. Um, yeah, so I, I became a freelance copywriter in 2010. I didn't actually know that copywriting was a thing that I could do as a full-time job. And as soon as I found out, within six months, I ditched my corporate day job. Um, and was my own boss, and I can't imagine doing anything else now. So I've been a freelance copywriter since then, and uh, just recently in, well, I guess not that recently now, 2013, I did a big pivot to my business where I started offering courses and coaching, and I just recently launched a membership site. So my my business is evolving all the time. I still sometimes work one-to-one with clients, but everything is about copywriting, the craft of copywriting, the science of copywriting, I really dig it. That's what I'm all about. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Cindy Nicholson. Like to introduce yourself, Cindy? Sure, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. It is Cindy Nicholson. I'm from thecoursewhisperer.co where I help entrepreneurs that are wanting to put an online course together. I help them put it all together. That's great. And I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We help um, membership owners, entrepreneurs that are looking to build a membership site or a learning management system. We also help a lot of companies in the non-profit sector um, manage and support their WordPress website, their, their membership or their learning membership portal. And before we go into the main part of the interview, I'd like to just quickly mention one of our great sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. And what is WP Fusion? Well, in your technology stack, obviously you should be using WordPress for your membership site, um, but your second stack is your CRM, your Customer Relation Manager, like Active Campaign, Drip. There's a host of them. Even MailChimp is joining um, automotive uh, marketing as well. So if you're using one of those, you really, um, and you've got a membership site or e-commerce site, what WP Tonic does is it enables you to quickly and easily communicate with your CRM. It kind of puts it on steroids. And I would suggest you go to the WP Fusion website and look at their videos and what you can do around, you don't need, Using their product with a CRM, you probably don't even need a membership plugin. Um, you can do membership levels by tagging. There's, there's just a host of stuff to do. And what they have offered 
is a unique discount for WP Tonic listeners and viewers. If you use the coupon code WP Tonic or uppercase, you get 25% off any of their packages. And that is only offered to you, my listeners and viewers. So that's great news. On to the interview, folks. So, Belinda, you know, um, copywriting is really important. You know, I've learned that and I suffer from a little bit of dyslexia, so I'm the worst of it. But um, I invest in quality copywriting. Um, I, If I'm writing myself, I have it checked over by a professional copywriter. But what do you, so I've bought into how important it is, but um, what do you see in general a lot of people, what are the general mistakes people make when they're thinking about copywriting? Well, I think firstly, everyone can write their own copy. So it's one of those activities that when you run a business, you need to work out what it is that you should be spending your time on and that it's going to be most profitable for you. So everyone can write their own copy. We we write our own social media updates where we're all in the publishing model and we've all got a publish, should have a publishing mindset. But if it takes you too long and if it is just too hard, it is a great thing to give to a specialist because they can do it faster and, and probably a little bit better. That said, um, I think I don't think people should fear writing copy. Some of the challenges I think people have is this mindset shift that happens when we start to write. We can easily talk to our ideal clients. We can easily talk to our friends. We have great passion and a great conversational tone when we're explaining what we do and how we can help to the people who need to know. And then we try and put it on paper whether it's virtual paper or actual paper, and suddenly we're writing a high school English essay again and our brain kind of freezes up. So I think people are intimidated by the blank page and the cursor. So what that translates to is a very stiff tone of voice. Um, We sound very use the jingle jangles, my dog's in here. Um, it, sounds, it sounds formal and unapproachable and um, unclear. So some of the challenges people have is getting um, clear and simple ideas across in a way that sounds natural and conversational. One of the, the tips that I give people who, who want to write their own copy but are really struggling to do it is record themselves talking. Imagine there is a person sitting across from them at the table and record themselves telling them about what they do and how they can help and why it's important and things like that. Because as soon as we start talking about what we do to our, you know, even a pretend ideal client, we relax we become more natural and our passion starts coming through. And we use different words, words that will resonate more strongly with our audience. So that is one of the big challenges people face. Another mistake I make is what we do when we write about ourselves is we start with what we know and that's ourselves. So a lot of copy we see online and offline is people just talking about themselves. And I totally get it because you think, well, I need to tell my customers about me and they need to understand what I do, so I need to talk about myself. 
But the whole shift that a copywriter can bring um, to a project and the shift that people who write their own copy need to make is that it's not actually about you. It's about what your clients and your customers will gain from working you with you. So they're two of the big ones. I, I think they're great points. And before I, I, I throw it over to Cindy, I just want to remark, I even think that re- applies to the About Us page. Obviously, the About, if you're a, a, a consultant, um, if you're a teacher, if you've got a membership site, your About Us page probably is about you. But it shouldn't be, it should be about, what you know that will help your target audience, shouldn't it, Belinda? Yeah, absolutely, and how they will benefit. So one of the tips I give um, students in my copywriting course, and I share as much as possible, is what I call the so what technique. So basically you explain a feature You imagine that there's a stony-faced customer sitting across from you and you say, oh, this is what I do, and they say, so what? You say, well... That's important because, and then you explain a little more and they say, so what? So you explain a little more. And each time you answer that question, you hit upon something more meaningful than the answer before. So you need to be able to run through that sequence until you get to a benefit to the client that is actually meaningful to them. Funny enough, my last date did that to me. I just couldn't resist it. I'm sorry, listeners. That was a bit of totally inappropriate English humor. Off to give it to Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Um, uh, I totally agree. And and I find copy often ties in nicely to like creating membership sites and online courses because it really needs to be about the students or it needs to be about the reader who um, when you're either creating content or whether or not you're creating copy. So, you know, maybe I'm just curious because again, we talk a lot about online courses and membership sites and and one of the biggest, um, okay, maybe biggest is an exaggeration, but the clients that I work with, they often struggle Mm -hmm. with naming things. Yes. So what's the name of the course going to be? And it, it holds them up um, they struggle with that much more than some other things. So what, what would your advice be to somebody who's, you know, creating a course or membership or what have you, and um, how, what kind of strategies can you give them to come up with how to name their course? Well, firstly, um, I invite people to cut themselves some slack because naming products and companies and courses is hard. It's really hard because it's not just like, oh, that sounds good, but does it look good? Um, Is the URL available? Is the name already taken? There's so many kind of almost technical aspects to the name. But one thing I recommend people consider when they are naming something is what is the aspiration of the audience? Where do they want to end up? Not like if we focus on a problem that is happening now, that will get someone's attention. But what we really want to do is we want to project where they're going to end up, where the transformation will take them. And I also think that names should be clear. Some people name products and they think, oh, it's really smart and it's really clever and it's a bit mysterious. Don't be mysterious. I think 
it's a plain, straightforward name that pretty much explains what it is and gives someone an aspirational endpoint. They're the two things I like to tick off my naming my own things. Yeah, no, that is so true. Uh, and, and, off, and I agree 100%, you know, really focus on what's the outcome, what's the results that they're going to get from taking the course and then being super clear. Um, even so some of my clients, they have the name of their course and then they have the modules within it. And then they want to try and get creative, even with the names of the modules. Mm-hmm. I tell them to kind of back off and be super, super clear. Cause this is almost part of your marketing. Cause when oh, yeah. hacking out your course, they're going to look at what the modules are and they want to see the results that they're going to get from those modules. So your advice around, you know, be super clear. Don't try to get creative, creative or crafty is, is a really good one around that. Sure. Yeah. So when I was naming my, I have a private coaching program for copywriters and business writers, and I had to come up with a name for that. Um, what I settled on was confident copywriting, because that is how I want people to feel when they're working through the coaching program. So that's an example of that kind of aspirational, transformative idea in the name. Yep. No, that makes sense. Jonathan? Yeah, so can you give us some tips and insights about copy for sales pages, i.e. landing pages? Because I, I know a lot of people struggle with that, Belinda. Yeah, it's and you know what? I think the reason that sales pages can be a little intimidating is more often than not, they're so freaking long. You look at these, you know, super successful people and like I – I subscribe to a lot of things because I want to see when things go live. I want to see what their sales pages have. I want to see what their email sequences contain. And I'll take a screen grab of the sales page and it'd be like six, you know, the the little Chrome add-on will say, oh, I need to take six images because it's 10,000 or 15,000 words. And when you sit down and write your own sales page, that's a really intimidating place to start. But the good news is, that sales pages can be constructed. And I think that makes them less intimidating. So for example, one of the copywriting formulas I use as a go-to for sales pages is called the PAS formula. Pain, agitate, solve, and then I like to add an outcome. So it's PASO, but it doesn't sound very good. So pain, agitate, solve, outcome. So you open with a challenge. You, you want to have one big challenge that your audience is facing right now. Then you can move on to agitating that challenge. You want to be as specific as possible because the more specific you are in pulling out the details of the challenges and their life right now and what's stopping them from making progress, the more specific you are, the more it will resonate. Then you move on to the solution and that's when you can present your awesome thing, your course, your membership, your product, anything like that. And then you talk about the outcomes of that. And then all the way through, so you've got four big categories, um, sections of your sales page. Uh, Then your blank page is busted because even if you haven't got it perfected, you've got four big chunks of copy. Then through each one, you sprinkle some testimonials. So When you have your pain and your agitation, you need some testimonials that start talking about, I started here. I never thought I could do this. You know, reviews and experiences that tap into the pain that people are feeling. Then through your description of the solution, um, you want testimonials and reviews that lead people 
to the outcome. And then, of course, you want in there calls to action. So every time someone has to scroll at, at, on a sales page, you should have a call to action. So for each section, there's a call to action. For each section, there's a testimonial. And then all of a sudden, you've got chunks of your sales page and it's all done. And then you can work on finessing it. So starting a sales page can be tough, but I think if you look at it, and this is one of the reasons I love copywriting, because it really is a process of construction. You've got to understand your audience and you've got to understand what you're selling. You've got to understand the transformation that they will undergo. But when you put, when you know those things, putting them on the page really is just a matter of construction. That's great stuff. Um, thank you for that. Um, I think we're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to be delving deeper into this murky world of copywriting to get your results. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back, Belinda's been doing a good job of educating us on this world of copywriting. So, Cindy, got a question? I do. So, you are a copywriter, but you're also a course creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, a number of our listeners either have a membership site or um, are wanting to create online courses. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience, like, you know, why you decided to create a course and what that kind of process looked like for you. No worries. So I, I started, to, I decided to create a course in 2013 um, because I moved from Australia to the US. I had a brand new baby and managing time zones and client deadlines and a newborn baby was a little bit much. So I was working with um, a business coach and mentor and she said, well, you're actually running training courses for other organizations. Why don't you have your own course? Wow, what a good idea. (laughs) So I put the sales page up. I created an opt-in page. Um, People started saying that they were interested. So that's a good thing to do before you even start creating the content. Make sure people are going to buy it. Um, I launched and I've been doing it uh, two to three times every year since 2013. Um, What, of course, I have done is I've switched client deadlines um, for course launch stress which is a whole different kettle of fish. And I think people think, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to launch a course and it's going to be, you know, even cash flow and it's going to be low stress and I'm going to throw out the word passive income. And there really is no such thing. Um, I didn't really think about any of those things when I did it. But in hindsight, um, I think one of the things people have to think about is how scalable do they want it to be? Because what I did is I created a course. I wanted everything I knew in the course or as much as I could fit in. So I have created rather a big course. So my course is really a course for people who want to become copywriters. Now I am going to be creating a mini version of that 
for business writers. But I think for people who want to create a course, rather than just jumping in and creating the content, think about who it's for and think about what they want to achieve and use that to really direct. And the other thing is um, think about how scalable you want it to be. For my course, I include a lot of coaching. So it's very hands-on. So I can only accept a small number of people each time I run the course. So if someone wants to earn more money by getting more people to sign up the course, sign up for the course, you have to make it scalable. And that means less involvement for you, but you have to make it valuable in other ways. So these are some of the mechanics um, that you have to consider. We all start from a point of like, I want to share my knowledge with the world and it's going to be amazing. But you know, how big's the course going to be? Who's it for? How many people can sign up for one time? How much work do you have to do for each cohort? Is there coaching involved? And that will determine how scalable it is. And another thing I learned was, um, and it's the same with memberships, the biggest reason people quit is because there's too much content. You give them too much and they become overwhelmed and then they start feeling guilty because they haven't kept up to date Mm -hmm. and then they quit. So that's something to consider is that's why gamification and things like that can be really well applied where you motivate people to keep moving through the content. So these are some things um, that I have learned through running the course and what I will keep in mind for future courses and what I definitely keep in mind for my, my private coaching membership. Yeah, I think you're bang on, um, Belinda, in terms of why most people don't finish the course is because there's just way too much content and either it's, it doesn't apply to the learner or it's just too overwhelming and they, they give up on themselves from believing that they can get through it. So yeah. that, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, so here's just a follow-up question. How, what um, skills do you incorporate um, from your copywriting as you're creating the course? Like what, what kind of, does that make sense, the question? Like what, mm-hmm. how do you use your copywriting skills when you're building your course or when you built your course? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few things. Um, there's obviously the marketing and the nurturing. So you need an opt-in page. You need to sell the transformation. You need to nurture people who are interested so that by the time you open the course, people are already sold. I want as many people to have already decided to sign up when I open the cart so that I'm doing as little selling as possible once I've opened. I'm just trying to get the maybes. To, to get more interested. Now, when it comes to the actual course content, I use a lot of my tone of voice experience. So I want my course, when it's read, to sound like me. I want every touch point with my course content being the video or the PDF lesson or the emails they get or the coaching in the Facebook group. I want it to have a consistent tone of voice and feel. And that's why for me, having, I, I write, when you read something I've written, it sounds exactly like me now, only it's had a proofreader's touch, so it sounds a little better. Um, the other thing I use when I create my content is uh, formatting techniques. So I have short paragraphs, I have subheadings, I use graphics and little icons and things like that because I want the content to be visually appealing. 
I want it to be digestible and that's where short paragraphs and subheadings work to break up the eye as people move through the content. So they're big things. I also, instead of calls to action in my content, I have things that people, I like people to reflect on something or I like people to take a moment to do something. And things like that, the more people you can get people to do or think, the more they will make progress and the more connected they'll be with the content. Oh, so is it me, Cindy? It is you, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, was, I think you've covered some of the stuff I linked to a question I was going to ask you, actually, Belinda, um, is because I have worked for some organisations and you know, around 50 to 100 people organisations. And, you know, they've said, you know, I said, what about the copyright? You know, who's going to write the content? Well, we've got, oh, we're going to write it. We've got um, Susie here who's got AMA in English, English prose, and off off she goes and comes back the copy. And it's like war and peace, you know. uh, It's a page... And um, I think my my vocabulary is reasonably sophisticated, but like I'm reading this and I'm having to get the dictionary out for every fourth word because I have no idea what these words are. Uh, um, Do you think that's quite common, actually? Yes, yes. Um, There's also a thing when I've worked with clients where they've said, oh, I love the copy and I'm just going to give it to my partner, wife, boyfriend, husband, cousin, because they know a little bit about marketing. So a lot of people, you know, get lumped with reviewing or writing copy who who aren't in the right headspace for it. When we're talking about overcomplicating copy, um, I actually just did a little YouTube tutorial all about readability because a lot of people think that the more complicated the language that they use, the smarter they sound. And the smarter they sound, the more professional it is and the more impressive it is. And like, we don't want to dumb it down too much. And one of the conversations I'm often having with clients is straightforward and clear is not dumb. It's important to be straightforward and clear. No one ever said, this copy is way too readable. I had no problems understanding this at all. You know, that's, that's never a challenge. So one of the tools I like to use is there's several readability tools that you can get online. There's um, like Readable IO and there's even an app called the Hemingway app, which will help you identify passages in your copy that are too complicated, that are unreadable. The readable IO, I think it's readable IO or it's a readability IO, basically that will give you a, a grade score on the writing that you've done. And all copy should have an elementary school or a primary school, as we say, grade school level. The higher the education level of the person reading the copy, the higher the education level needs to be, the harder it is to read. So if you want to make your copy more readable, you need shorter sentences and less complicated words. And, you know, the beautiful thing about English is sometimes there is precisely the right word 
that you need. So you don't need to use uncomplicated language in every single instance. If there is precisely the right word to use, you use that word. But a lot of people like to add some hot air and fluff. You know, we're talking about utility, not use. Um, in, in other words, instead of, you know, it's just there's lots of ways that we can we use longer, more complicated language because we think it makes us sound smarter and more professional and it's just not necessary. And I think great examples are SaaS companies, software as a service, any software company that's really, really big these days, you go to their website, very simple, straightforward language that is all about how customers will benefit. They're great examples of just making it clear and straightforward. So if ever you feel like the cop, wonder if this copy is a bit too complicated, plug it into a readability tool. Word even has a readability tool. It will give you a grade score in Word. If it's high school level, try and make it clearer and more straightforward. That's, that's cool. I actually hadn't heard of that before, but that's a great idea. And again, completely agree to keep it as simple as possible and more the grade level um, uh, readability, so to speak. So that, that's really good. I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard of readability before. Um, yeah, and it's we, funny. We, I have, we actually going to have to uh, um, wound up the uh, wind podcast. Up? Okay. Um, but um, Belinda's going to be staying on for a little while, which you'll be able to watch on the WP Tonic website and YouTube channel. And she's going to be discussing how sending out one email a day has helped her build her business, which was a bit counterintuitive to me, but she swears by it. So we're going to have a discussion on that. Um, so Belinda, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Um, my website, my business is called Copyright Matters. Um, my website is copyrightmatters.com. Um, that's basically where I have, I have free courses. I have my daily copywriting tips. I have a blog. There's tons of free content. And I also have some mini courses that are free. Um, I have my big copywriting course and there's lots of other things that, that you can get more involved in coaching with coaching with me. Um, but there's also tons of free stuff on there. And if people look for me on um, social media, I'm on social media way too much. So yeah, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They're too much. People can find me. Look for Belinda Weaver. I'm Ginger. I'm a copywriter. You can't miss me. Well, can't miss that Ginger. There we go. Ginger Spice. Uh, there we go. Uh, sorry. Oh, God. Uh, Cindy, how can people find out more about you? All right. So if uh, you're looking to create an online course and need help in terms of crafting that message in, or in order to keep it uh, short and simple for your, your students to understand, you can reach out to me at thecoursewhisperer.com. And folks, if you're looking for help, if you're a developer, WordPress consultant, and you're looking help to build some custom functionality for your WordPress learning management system, um, we're the folks to help you if you're entrepreneur too busy to maintain your WordPress membership site or learning management system. We've got uh, a service and a product for you as well. So just contact us and we'd love to help you and give you some free advice. We'll be back next week with another expert to hopefully give you the knowledge that you're looking for around your WordPress membership website. We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.